Hey guys, welcome to The Green Room with Neil Griffiths. My guest today, Phil Jamison, who is watching. He's, what are you doing on your phone? Um, Neil, I'm going to put this on like silent so it doesn't yeah, shit, my phone's on. interrupt yeah. Good. this yeah. excellent um, recording. Now, you are doing the, the promo hustle solo, I notice. Do you, well, do you know how long we have? I don't have a publicist in my ear saying fucking 20 minutes and wrap it up. I just walked here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I... This yeah, I well I'm here solo. I'm doing a solo show, so I don't have um, take it literally. Take it li- quite literally. <laughs> I'm on my own. I'm staying in Redfern at an Airbnb, and I leave tomorrow. So I just walked here, which is a lovely walk. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, I don't really need babysitting as such. I think in the earlier days and when record labels and uh, I think we were that, that kind of enabled bad behavior. Mm. Because I'd be like, do you want anything? I'm like, do I want anything? <laughs> that is a broad yeah. question. Yes, I do. I'd love some sashimi and a sparkling water with a twist of lime. Did they do it? Of course they did. So that enabled more bad behavior yeah. and uh, I blame them for everything. <laughs> no, uh, my entitlement. No, look, uh, I am on my own. Yeah. Uh, you've got well, however long you want. I've got to get to soundcheck. I've got a f- the show tonight's doors are at 5 p.m. So okay. if you put that in your head. What time is it? 2.14. Yeah, if you put that in your head, then we can work it out. So I've you got- have like two and a half hours. Well, no, I've got to. <laughs> no, no, this, is, this is your life. So we're starting <laughs> yeah. 1974. 77. 77. Yeah. Dude, it's good to have you. You have come on the podcast twice. Again, right. the, the podcast has evolved. It used to be the music podcast. Now it's the green room. Right. So um, we're a big deal now. Right. I um, heard, you, I saw you had um, Mark Ronson on yeah. recently. Yeah. I uh, went to the Sony studios, met Mr. Ronson. Yep. Lovely That's, guy. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm a big fan of his work. Obviously, he's, an, he's a genius. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, did, I didn't realize you did change names. How long has it been called? Since like May. Basically, there was... Where are we? We're August. Yeah, okay, so, it, so fresh. It got to a point, there was like this little period where I was just getting like actors and comedians on. And then we had like Jamie Lee Curtis who was here for Halloween. Right. Like cool. She doesn't play fucking music. Why is it called a music podcast? So I was like, all right, just let's change the name. Oh, yes. The people are angry on the internet. The trolls didn't like it. So I thought it's easier. Yeah. Fuck it. Why not? Cool. I yeah. like the green room. It's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. The first time you established you were doing the Easy Fever tour... Second time I came to the Opera House when you were doing American Idiot. Oh, yeah, cool. Um, And now we're promoting a bunch of new shit. Yes, Um, there's so much stuff happening at the moment. Did you come to the Opera House and interview Phoebe and Mm -hmm. myself? Yeah. Yeah, right. I just spoke to Phoebe this morning, actually. She's she's moving to London. Oh, wow. Yeah, so she just did Lazarus, the David Bowie musical in Melbourne. With Iota and a bunch of... I didn't see the show. Apparently, it was incredible. Mm. She's incredible as well. Phoebe Panaritas from American Idiot, who played the part of What's-Her-Name. Um, so, she's off to London, and I called her to wish her all the best. Yeah, musical theatre world. It's a fun world. Yeah, you, now that you've dabbled in it, is there a desire to stay in it? I don't think it's a desire to stay in anything, to be honest. <laughs> but I, <laughs> I, I learned heaps, and I really... I met lots of people in this... In, I guess, music world, you meet, it's such a small industry in Australia and being a part of it since the 90s, I don't want to sound contrite, but you you meet basically everyone. You kind of tick everyone off the list and you go, okay, yeah, but over in that world, there's a a bunch of creatives and obviously the talent is is insane, but projection and lighting and just the structure of stuff, staging and work ethic. Yeah, it was, I learned heaps and I met a lot of really great friends over mm. there. So, yeah, I'm interested in seeing it. it. It is a lot of time away, more so than in a rock and roll band. You're kind of a 
maybe one city a night or two two nights in one city, but there you you're stuck there for four weeks sometimes mm. doing a doing a run. So it's a it can be a little bit uh it's just a different different vibe. I Obviously, think. they're they're similar but very different industries. Yeah, and in the Australian music industry, you have quite the reputation. In a good way. Sure. Don't worry. But so like when you went over to the theatre side, did were people starstruck? Did they give uh, a shit? Were they were they appreciative of the fact that, oh shit, this is Phil oh, Jamison? I think that there was just a probably a degree of ambivalence and then a degree of skepticism. Mm. And then a degree of sometimes people were interested. Um I was more kind of I tried to be a sponge. I was terrified doing it, so I kind of soaked up as much as I could. Mm. Um, and I think different parts of the industry, for example, theatre critics or whoever they are, um, maybe approached it with a bit of a, I don't know. It's a, it's a kind of a bit of a funny musical American idiot because it's not what I would consider traditional in any sense of the imagination, but it does hit a few cues along the way. For example, it's 90 minutes. There's no um, there's no uh, intermission or anything like that. So straight through show. But look, yeah, um, they treated me mainly with encouragement. Mm. And maybe they were laughing behind my back a little bit. Was there a fear from you about whether it's a fear of you've never done the theatre before or because of what will people think, especially your fans? I didn't think about them, no. I, uh, <laughs> I know, not really what people think. I just didn't want to let anyone down. Yeah, Part of the production as far as uh, there's a lot of stuff you can't get wrong. Uh, you can get wrong and you're not allowed to get it wrong. So just cues, lighting, all that kind of stuff that... I was just conscious of, and there's a big team. There's 50 people there, you know, so that just a part of employees is 30 staff or whatever. There's 25 cast. I think that's a small one. So, yeah, I just wanted to make sure that I did my gig. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, got remember, I remember that day when I came to interview you and we were like hustling on like trains and trams to get there and you just show up on a fucking motorbike. Oh, yes, the motorbike. so badass. <laughs> are, you still, are you still riding your bike? I got, yeah, I do. I, I, I was lucky enough for the season in... That was the Opera House season in Sydney, yeah. January. Um, uh, lucky enough that Harley Davidson loaned me a motorcycle for that period of time. So I was staying in Zetland and, and riding into work. It was really nice. It was really fun. Yeah. It was a great way to get around the city. Yeah. And now you're here to promote, I guess, two things. One is a, the solo tour that you've got two more shows of this. Uh, well, yeah, there's more coming. <laughs> they, they there's more keep, coming. They, they, just keep, they just keep adding on. So, yeah, I wouldn't call it a tour as such. I just call it me going and playing songs because a tour kind of in your brain thinks, right, you're on the road. But realistically, it's called Weekend Warrior. When you do this, you kind of go home and you go out again. So Is that just you deciding I'm going go play a couple of shows? Why the fuck not? Yeah, exactly. I've written a bunch of new stuff as well. So I'm kind of using it as a trial for new material mm -hmm. and I just love playing, you know, and it's just something that I do. People, somebody asked me this the other day, I was, so why are you on tour? And I'm like, I don't know, I think that's just... I mean, you are a musician by what trade. What I do, she, yeah. she really struck me, I'm like, why am I on tour? I had an existential crisis <laughs> all at once and it was just a bizarre situation where I was, sorry, Kumar's calling me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was just like, I don't know. Why am I on tour? So, yes, yeah, so reason is because I love to do it. Um, it's been a reasonably good year creatively, so I'm using that to do some new stuff. And uh, then, obviously, the big wheel rolls out in October. So, Grinspoon are back. Yeah. I saw it's the Chemical Hearts vinyl. Yeah, Chemical Tell Hearts vinyl. Well, <laughs> I'll tell you about it. Guide to Bit Living was 2017. We were basically that was fairly simple we did 
that record, released in 1997, the setlist wrote itself because basically we played the album from start to finish and it was very specific to 97. It was 90s bangers, right? For want of a 90s better, bangers, love for, it. For want of a better term. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the powers that be, the Brains Trust, were like, well, that was really great and reasonably successful. Why don't we do something that's broader that actually encompasses your seven albums and because some people, arguably, not me, but people came to the band a little bit in different in different eras. So maybe people only really latched onto us around Heartache to Follow in 04 mm-hmm. or maybe they came on around Chemical Hearts time in 2002. Maybe they didn't even know Guide, which was 97. So there's different eras and there's seven albums. So they're like, let's do a broader thing. So it's an, an inclusive party. And I was like, I like inclusive parties <laughs> and I love artwork. So let's... Let's talk what the visuals are going to be like. So I got in contact with Lee um, McConnell, who's awesome, and we designed that. And then we then there was arguments about the song selection, of course, because that's what we do. You said, but I am the front man, and I no, no, no. I kind of, I kind of, I kind of did a <laughs> bit of a trade. They can have that song if I get this song. Sure. What we wanted to do, we did release, and we are guilty of releasing a favorites record in two thousand and five. I think called Best in Show. Um, this is only vinyl only, obviously. It's svelte. It's it's a little – the fat's been trimmed off. I think maybe Best in Show had 30 songs on it. We thought we were pretty fucking good, right? Mm. So best of. So this is kind of a bit more concise to the point. And, um, yeah, a lovely artwork and a, a lovely excuse to tour as well, which enables us to manipulate the set a little bit more because we're playing stuff from the seven records and – Four EPs, I think. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. As far as the the track list, you said you're going back and forth on. Was that an easy trade off, or were there, are you guys in sync with what you guys want and don't want? For yeah, the most part, for the most part, there's four of us. So there was Michelle Porter, who works at Wonderlick, was kind of the deciding vote in some ways, um, <laughs> because we would get to a stalemate. We would go two two. So there's some really great songs that made it on there that maybe wouldn't have normally unless we kind of fought for them. I'm really happy about that. Mm. Uh, Black Friday comes to mind as an EP only track, which released in 98, um, never made its way onto a record. Um, so that's yeah, a, really, wow. a really fun one to have on there. Yeah. Um, and I look forward to playing that live because we haven't played it live in 15 years. So mm. that'll be fun to put in the set. Obviously 15 songs does not an hour make. So <laughs> um, we are, I'm going set lists back and forth with the band getting literally no responses except from Chris <laughs> that goes, okay, this looks good. So we're kind of trying to work out how we make 90 minutes out of 15 songs. It's always fascinating with Grinspoon because every time you guys decide to do a tour, which isn't that often. Three years, two years. Yeah, yeah it's it sells out. It goes fucking crazy. Mm. It's like you guys are still in your peak form. Yeah, Why I don't know. aren't you guys doing this full time? Uh, I think we were doing it full-time now in 2013 and it just became – this is my theory. I think we became ubiquitous. I just think you could see us even if you didn't want to. You could turn up to a festival and we would be there. We we, we would just – it just was like one of those things. It was – so Greg was like – our manager was like, you guys need to turn the tap off. Like – People just, even if they didn't want to see you, they've seen you. Mm. <laughs> they might be just waiting for MGMT at Splendor and there's fucking there's me again. There's a support again. act, yeah. There's fucking me again. <laughs> so a lot of people said, oh, I saw you at, MG- at Splendor waiting for MGMT. I'm like, okay, it was all right. Oh, you were fucking great. MGMT sucked. <laughs> so, yeah, so I just think it was like we did it full time and it just became, number one, we were 
getting older families were coming along, et cetera, et cetera. And number two, it just became smarter. We, we like each other more. It's just is a nicer way to be. Mm. Mind you, there's three years to fill in before every three weeks we go and do this. But I think it makes it really special. Um, it makes it for us. And hopefully for people as well, that it's not something that is just regular. We don't, I don't know when we'll tour again after this because, to be honest, 2017 led into 2018, which is Groove in the Moo, because Groove in the Moo was awesome and then now we're here. So I, I thought we'd packed everything away, <laughs> but we haven't and here we are. But it's 14 shows. Like I think Guide to Bed Living was 30. Something ridiculous. 35 yeah. shows. So yeah. there's bigger venues and less shows. So, But, yeah, I'm really excited. There's a lot of fun stuff up, up my sleeve. When you are doing those shows and ex- those extensive runs, do you miss being in that tour grind or are you very much happy to play these shows and can't fucking wait till this tour is over? Oh, no, I love I love the grind. It's great. I love it. <laughs> it's a sense of purpose. People enjoy it. I enjoy it. It's fucking awesome seeing people again connecting. I fucking love it. But in the same breath, uh... I don't know whether I could permanently do it for years and years and years and years. It, it, it takes a fair amount of, uh, oh, I don't even know the word. It, it, I could, but I just don't want to burn out. I want to treat them with, treat these shows with like the respect that people are giving us in some ways because they're yeah. coming, right? People yeah. are buying tickets. So I feel it would be disingenuous and remiss of me not to, um, be as, uh, be it the best I can be. Pat said in an interview recently that um, there's no point in Grinspoon releasing another album unless it's as good or better than the last stuff you've done. Do you agree with that? Uh, well, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. Uh, there's a definition of what's good, though. It's a very sub- ob- objective kind of thing. You yeah. know, some one man's Shannon Knoll is another man's Crazy Frog. You know, like I'm... Um, Good comparison. Oh, yeah, I'm really getting it here. It's Friday. Um, I'm just saying that, yeah, uh, we have had questionable songs in our in our, in our pantheon. Well, what band hasn't? <laughs> exactly. I'm yeah. not saying that, but I'm just saying uh, Black Rabbits was pretty good in, in my opinion. But, yeah, I think that it, to release something new, and I, I'm not flagging that as never happening, but, yes, he's, he's absolutely correct. It did have mm. to be of a high standard um, and we're pretty hard markers. So, but in saying that, define high standard. I mean, is it Radiohead or is it, um, oh, Chance the Rapper? Like they're mm. both, so it's just a high standard of what? So, yeah. yes. Um, but in saying that, there's songs floating around and yeah, we'll see. Do you think we'll ever get another Green Spoon album? I've zero idea. I'm, I'm one foot in front of the other and that's October. Yeah. Actually, the three solo shows and then October. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just getting to make it. Uh, there's a lot of uh, boxes to tick. And yeah, I mean, maybe. Yeah, but um, yeah, just October, November for me first. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because I did a podcast this morning with Derek from Sum 41. Love him. Um, we toured together. Yeah, I'm getting to that. Don't worry about that. Oh. And he was talking about um, when he was hospitalized in 2014. And Almost bi- died, right? Yeah. yeah. And like the band had to go on hiatus and. When bands are together for so long, it's every band has their own story about their own situation of four or five guys who have been together for 20 years and it's simple as they've just had enough of each other. Yeah. They can't stand being in the same room. Yeah. And you need that time off. Greenspoon have technically taken two hiatuses, right? No, I don't think so. So 2008, we really... Well, 
2000, we were in between alibis and 6 to midnight. Yeah. There, there, was a, there was a short break, but it wasn't never announced there was on a hiatus. It was like we did alibis in 05 or 06, I believe, and then 08 was 6 to midnight. So mm. we came back for that. And then blah, 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 blah. Well, I think Black Rabbits is 2012. When you look at our early career, we're releasing eight, two EPs a year, one, two, two records <laughs> yeah. almost back to back. Um, I guess things slow up creatively in some ways because – You've used a fair amount of juice early, so you can't repeat yourself. Well, mm. you, you can, but we didn't. Um, and, um, yeah, there's just finding ways to rewrite the same four chords. But, yeah, Derek's <laughs> an interesting one. I mean, I'm glad he's I'm glad he's alive. I saw them play at... Download? Earlier this year? Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, no, they were excellent. And I, I've, I've seen you bring this up a lot lately. I had Melancholin on a couple of months ago. Oh. And, like, they're, they've... Their lineup has remained unchanged since day one. And right. they still, you know, tour, record... Do it all over again. And they say the magic is they don't talk outside of touring and recording. They just don't talk. And then when it's time to make an album, they get together and it's fine. Is that, yeah. does, do you consider it like a crazy formula? Or I don't what? think it's a, yeah, well, it, it, it works, I guess. We don't live anywhere near each other. And I, I spoke to Pat maybe last week. Mm. I was in the studio with him a few weeks ago, actually. But yeah, I talk, well, that's, we, we talk via WhatsApp. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's in the know. That's, that's hip. That's it. I oh, know. I'm just saying that, that there is a form of communication, yeah. uh, but we haven't lived in the same area since the '90s. So I guess maybe that formula does work in some ways. Yeah. Um, and now this is the part of the episode that I'm going to talk about all those cool festival stories you have because you Instagrammed a tour poster from '99. Um, did you not know this? I did. Okay. Yes. <laughs> it's only like a couple of days ago, I think. Mm-hmm. The bill with Offspring and Motorhead and Hole and Mighty Mighty Boston's. So Hatebreed actually with a band that got this tour poster back online because they hate- instigated it and they, yeah. I don't know much about hate Breed, but he was, I think he was salty. He um, was salty basically saying, you know, look at this bill and we should have been higher than these people. <laughs> Didn't say Grinspoon. I think he was, t- I don't know. I they don't were know. bottom of the bill. Grinspoon was second last. And he only mentioned the two bands ahead of Grinspoon. Didn't mention Grinspoon, which is a good thing. He's like, we were better than these bands. And he like specifically said that. I don't, I, I, the, the word, the name of the band hate Breed, it, I it just kind of scares me. Number one. Uh, I don't know anything about their music. I, I assume it's heavy. Hmm. Um, but yeah, like I, I saw the, I remember that festival because you don't forget playing with Motorhead. Yeah. Um, Joe got a photo with Lemmy. It was just insane. That was so loud, Motorhead. I don't really recall much about anything else, but I just remember Motorhead. Um, and getting salty about where you build on a poster 20 years after the fact is it's a bit weird. Weird behavior, in <laughs> yeah. my opinion. Yeah. But, you know, he's got, I, I did check this guy out. I don't know, he's a singer guy. He has like a quarter of a million followers, so he's doing. I think Hatebreed are doing fine. <laughs> it's just a weird. It's just a. It's just a weird flex for me. Yeah, like it, it was it, like it was about churches, as in the band churches, and them being billed higher than. How do you pronounce it? Gojira. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I've, okay. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing this horribly wrong, but yeah, that's how it started. That's when he shared that bill. But that's a killer bill. Like, fuck, why can't you just be happy you're on that bill? We were pretty stoked. <laughs> I mean, we were, yeah, it was a weird time for us. We were, we'd spent, as I said, I think in the context of uh, the um, the tour, we, you know, we'd spent a lot of time in North America playing to no one. And I think the perception, maybe even still today, is that if you're overseas, you're doing well. Um, and bands, it, the perception is there, but gee, it's uh, it's tough out there. So those shows were... A little bit of respite and seeing some of our heroes. I only literally remember Cake, because Cake were pretty fucking ordinary, in my opinion, and uh, Motorhead, who were obviously awesome. Yeah, because last year was Good Things Festival, and Offspring headlined that. Right. 
and Noodles came on the show, and he has to be one of the nicest people I've yes. ever met in my life. Yes. Did you tour a fair bit with bands like Offspring and Blink? I, we toured with Blink a fair bit on Warped, so we, we were just thrown in on Warped. So mm. it was us and Blink, Eminem on his first album, Black Eyed Peas, Pre Fergie, those kind of bands, Suicidal Tendencies, Ice T. Um, uh, yeah. Are I, any I, of those names? Either Vandals. Yeah. I, I, they, they, I think I posted that somewhere on the on the magical gram as well. But uh, yeah, we toured a lot. We de- didn't tour much with Offspring. They have said some really nice things about our band though, which is really lovely. Yeah, I think Noodles when he was here and he, they said, tell some Aussie bands you love. And he said, Living End and Grinspoon. And yeah. Just a really nice guy. It's very nice of him. He's correct. <laughs> He's very correct. <laughs> <laughs> is there any anything about that that time in Grinspoon's career, especially touring through America, like you just said, Eminem, Black Eyed Peas. Like, mm. is there anything that stands out for you, or was just a holy shit moment, or is uh, it at the top of the uh, top? No, nothing really. Uh, Chris O, our drummer, was really a huge fan of Eminem, and kind of like early on, I think it was My Name Is that was his first song. Mm-hmm. Um, that was when it was released, and Chris, we we're in an RV, I believe, or maybe a bus, I forget. But yes, he was we, we he was into Eminem really early. Um, nothing really stands it to me. I remember d- just drinking. There's a heavily, heavily being into- being heavily intoxicated for most of the time. And looking back uh, with hindsight, you you probably would have taken some of the opportunities a little more seriously than I did. Yeah. But punk rock doesn't allow you to do that. So my little brain, little brain, was just like fuck everything, and uh, I did. <laughs> what? What what does what does touring look like now as far as sound check and after parties? Uh, is it just as wild? No 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 no, it's definitely not. I, I will I, I I treat it like with maybe the respect it probably deserved back in the nineties. Mm. I think that it's to have a to still be doing gigs uh, and still have people coming is really flattering and to also be kind of good as well, like not being shit, not being not through motions and sort of having a good working relationship with the band is, is, is really a plus. So I'm really grateful. So soundchecks are pretty serious. We get there and soundcheck um, and also the, the safety and the way the audience treats each other is Pretty taken pretty seriously as well, yeah. And make sure people trying to we try to encourage everyone to turn up early to these shows. We have curated this bill specifically for sort of a party, like it's a Chemical Hearts party, I guess, because Bugs and Gooch Palms and the Heartaches have all been, you know, they've been specifically selected. This isn't not like just a a random bill thrown together. To a lot of thoughts gone into it, and uh, we're really grateful that they're coming on board to tour with us. so there's that kind of thing that I I would have been a bit more um, lackadaisical about yeah. in the past. So we would never soundcheck in the 90s or 2000. We hated Were it. Were you scheduled to soundcheck? Of course. We just would never show up. We just couldn't give two fucks. <laughs> is there, is there no con- what's, what's the consequence of no soundcheck? Like, well, Nothing. if you sound shit, it's on you. Well, no, it's on the sound guy, but like they, they, yeah, no, we were just lazy. It just yeah. was what it was. We were like, fuck sound check. <laughs> I think I'm missing one this, this tour because I've got to be, I've got to go home and watch my daughter be in a musical. So well, priorities. Yeah. So I fly Hobart, Hobart, Port Macquarie, Port Macquarie, Adelaide. So I don't get into Adelaide till late on the show day. Mm. So, but by that stage we've done, I think at least 10 shows. So yeah. Jeff Hahn, who's doing our front of house, hopefully will know what I sound like. Yeah. In theory. Yeah. You've been pretty active as well as, as far as supporting the Australian music scene and the bands in it. These three bands that you just mentioned who are coming on the Grinspoon Tour, are these acts that you've been following or are they just bands that you're really into right now? Uh, yeah, I'd like, I love, love the Gucci Pumps. I got introduced to the Gucci's through Junies. 
um, at Rat Bad Records. I think I met them on a boat cruise after post June Rats show, maybe Metro Theatre. That was fun. Um, they're from Newcastle. I really like their aesthetic and love their songs as well. And they're great, great fun live. Mm. Uh, the Heartaches came across, I think they played a festival in my hometown, Port Macquarie, called Wildwood a few years ago. And I really loved them there. And Bugs, Connor is a great songwriter, really clever songs. And um, they're on the up. They're really new. But uh, he supported me a couple of times solo. And he's so tall, but gorgeous. So yeah. I think there's differences in all the bands as well. Yeah. It's just not the same thing. So, yeah, I'm just excited that it's like a, if you get there early, I don't know, I think it's a $65 ticket maybe. Don't quote me, but <coughs> yeah. But there's four bands and it's try, I'm trying to give everyone, we are trying to give everyone um, bang for their buck and, you know, as much entertainment as possible. And, uh, yeah, that's the idea. Is there any band... That you're that's coming through Australia right now as well. That you've looked at and been like, they remind you of you at the oh. young age, or maybe just Brinsburn. <laughs> no, is that a resounding no? Oh, I don't know. I don't. Fuck. I, that's a bit of self reflection. I've even got no idea about. Um, <laughs> poor bands if they sound like us. Um, no, I don't know. Uh, I, there's a great punk scene in this country um, that's happening, in some on the more successful side of things, and then there's more of an underground sort of vibe happening as well. Mm. Um, there's a band out of uh, Byron called Miniskirt who I really love. Um, they're, they're, they're excellent. Um, yeah, I, they're, they're all on the tip of my tongue and I, I've literally I've got a, such a mind blank right now. Um, I do apologise. No, that's fine. Um, <laughs> but you, yeah, there's a heap. Do you know when we're going to be announced that Grinspoon will be playing the NRL Grand Final again? Because a lot oh of people will be Christ pissed Christ off if you don't. Jesus Christ. A you know what? It's, it's, a, it's a... Uh, look... Uh, the, the, we've done a bunch of this shit. Like, honestly, we've done um, V8 Supercars, uh, Commonwealth Games. State of Origin. Um, we've done a bunch of rugby league as well. Um, so I, I did solo. I did the swimming awards. It was so weird. So what people don't really – and award shows are even weirder than uh, sport. Because it's formal, right? It's formal, but no one's there. Everyone's there to get – To win shit. Well, to get lit yeah. normally. Yeah. Um, so – yeah, look, the, the the playing any sporting event is really a poisoned chaliced sword. Like you can't, it's a lose lose for yeah. many people because they're like, well, you should have got this or you should have got that. Um, the NRL do really try really hard, and I think they get it right maybe fifty percent of the time. Maybe they're going to be people that they pissed off. A la la la. Thought uh, Macklemore was really good. I think you know Airborne would be great for the NRL, but they seem to go different ways. Um, they get a lot of wrestling work. Yeah, mm. yeah. Look, I, yeah, of course they do. I, I think that. Yeah, I don't know whether we're playing the NRL Grand Final, but it actually is perfect timing um, because we go on to it the next <laughs> week. Wow. How's the synergy with that? Uh, so, yes, we are going to be playing the NRL Grand Final. You heard it here That's first. That's an exclusive. My favourite part of when I think they announced, who did they announce? Um, oh, Gang of Youths, right? Was yeah, it, last did, year. They, last they, year play, they yeah. play Grand Final? Yep. They were fantastic. They were I love them. Yeah. Great band. But then I listened, I'm guilty, guilty pleasure. I listened to, a, I'm a fairly sport-obsessed um, gentleman. And so I listened to some rad, like talk about radio and there's the callers coming in. I never heard of these guys. Wait, hey, 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 hey. I'm like, mate, fucking hell. Did you hear there was one, I mean, I'm going to say who, well, I'll tell you off air. There was one uh, AM presenter who, it was when Peking Duck played the Star oh, yeah, And, I was like and really he's like, I will advise this Peking Duck. 
to actually bring on the singer full time because he had Safi on performing. Oh, great. Yeah. yeah, fuck yeah. Awesome. And he was referring to Peking Duck as one guy. Oh, I don't yes. think he understood what it was, but he still had no problem ranting about it for five minutes. Yes. Um, and, you know, there was another band that went unnamed from this. Oh, well, this is Eskimo Joe, but they kind of got shafted, unfortunately, by the production, I think, because yeah. they. They're playing like a corporate box. They're playing. There was no fancy fireworks. No. I think uh, the announcer, one of the announcers, referred to them as uh, Eskimo Joe as one person as well. So sometimes they get it right, sometimes they get it wrong. Uh, we'd love to be involved. I like playing grand finals, but also there's always going to be someone going, oh, we've got this band again. Fuck it. They play like 17 uh, rugby league things. Well, there's a reason we have <laughs> because we like rugby. We like the game, number one, and, you know, it's rock and roll. So, <laughs> yeah. fuck, you know. Uh, yeah, I don't know who they'll get. I reckon it's around the time that Metallica's in town. So I think that's it, a lot of money. Yeah, but it's worth it. Yeah, definitely. Enter Sandman, like, fuck. Like, it's a no-brainer for me. I'd just be going, if I was NRL Entertainment, I forget who works there now, Danny Badiris, uh, I'd be like, yeah, let's just spend $3 million on Metallica. Unless, oh no, AFL September, right? It's the same weekend. Yeah. It's the end AFL of September, then, yeah. like, I think it's September 28, <coughs> 29. So I, Prince would do go on to the tour the next week. But yeah. um, I think Metallica... <laughs> would be the get for either code. But I highly doubt that they can afford it. I doubt Slipknot would get a call up, but, you know. (laughs) That'd be good too. That'd be excellent. Corey doing acoustic, that's fine. Um, This is a terrible segue, but Wikipedia tells me that you are the number two ticket holder for the the South Sydney Rotos. Wikipedia also has my birthday wrong. So, yeah. Good thing I didn't try to reference that. No, I just think it gives an example of what kind of trash is out there on the internet. (laughs) Well, maybe Uh, you can change it yourself, you know. That is the beauty of Wikipedia. I can, but... Then they, cho- they change it They'll back. They'll just change it they, back. They change it back, weirdly. Um, <laughs> and they just put 10 years on you. Well, it's just the date that's wrong. I am 42, <laughs> P.S. Um, but um, so I played another NRL grand final with You Am I, yeah. and I sung the Rolling Stones song, Start Me Up. And yep. uh, Dan Sultan sung another one. I forget which one. Anyway, before I got on stage, Tim announced over the PA at the ANZ Stadium, please welcome to the stage Rabbitohs number two ticket holder, Phil Jamison. And so it, that just became fact. <laughs> no one ever questioned it. It just was fact. And I'm like... That's not true, but okay. And now it's fact. Are you, are you at the very least a Bunnies fan? I'm fan, yeah, of course. Yeah, I love See, the, I'd, I love, I'd, I'd wear that. I love the rabbits. It's just a funny fact. So I'm just like, maybe I am, maybe I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, I'm going to let you go because you need to go to soundcheck. I do. At some point. Um, thank you for coming by. Thank you for having me. Um, if you want to see Phil doing his thing, check out themusic.com.au at the gig guide for his solo shows and Grinspoon touring later this year in October and November. Yeah, check out the website, Phil. Thanks again, man. My pleasure. Thank you. We'll talk soon. Woo! That's our show. Thank you again for listening to this episode. And if you want to hear more episodes of The Green Room on the Handshake Media Network, check it out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And don't forget to subscribe and review. We'll see you all next week.